Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. To allow yourself to be taken on that journey and have whatever it is you're after, solving a problem and how it relates to your core value, to let that be more important than anything else, to surrender to it, especially when it's uncomfortable. To me, that's living an examined life. That's living an engaged life. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This episode is part two of a three-part series from the live teaching of the course called Clear the Issue. What if life itself was talking to you through your biggest challenges? Would you relate to your problems the same way? Would you still be frustrated, exhausted, and cranky? As said, this episode comes from the live course Clear the Issue. Members get access to the live courses I teach three times a year and all of the past recordings, of course. For more information about the many benefits of Clear and Open membership and how to get more engaged in everything you do, please go to clearandopen.com. Also, I'm very excited to announce the launch of my new course, Accountability, Metrics, Money, and Shame. Get better results by living in reality. That's the name of the course. Employee disengagement is a worldwide epidemic, estimated to cost nearly a half trillion dollars a year worldwide. Lack of accountability and metrics are two of the biggest reasons why. You cannot have engagement without them. In this course, we address money in a way you've likely never thought of before. Money is the metric we all live with and the reality we deal with every day. So explorations into your relationship with money will reveal powerful insights about your relationship to the boundaries of reality itself, accountability, and shame, all related to engagement. For managers, if you can't feel the difference between remorse and shame, you can't manage to engage. It's that simple. When an employee does something bad, research shows that remorse creates change, whereas shame guarantees it happens again. What if you are unwittingly shaming your people, or on the other side, not ensuring they feel remorse when they mess up? How do you create metrics that show your people how they're doing and inspire them to excellence? How do you know you're tracking the right metrics so you know you're on track? This course answers all of these questions and more. It's more than just education and training. It's a transformational journey that improves every area of your life. When you complete this course, you'll have a vivid, actionable, and moving vision, along with a dashboard to hold yourself and others, if applicable, accountable to achieving it. And you'll know how to own a task, project, or job like a champion. It all kicks off on April 5th and continues for a total of 11 weeks. Sign up at clearandopen.com slash AMMS. That stands for Accountability, Metrics, Money, and Shame. clearandopen.com slash AMMS. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Let's dive into our episode today. Um, So I kind of want to echo what was said previously you know, about making the change. And I look back at my problems and how, not stupid, but how minute that they just touch the very, very outside of the whole surface. And what I've gotten from this is, is the way I was fixing problems is, is 
I was doing it fast and quick. I was grabbing the butter knife out of the cupboard, trying to put it in one of those screws that go crisscross. <laughs> Cody's laughing because that's, that's my... We've all done that. Right? So you grab the knife, you're trying to put it in the crisscross. You might get it, the screw out. You probably ruin the knife in the meantime. And probably when you go back to put the crisscross screwdriver back in, it's not going to work, right? right? You strip the threads, yeah. Strip it, right? Yeah. So you really didn't solve the problem. You fixed something for the minute, right? Yeah. And so I guess what I've learned, what no, I guess what I've learned from you is the fact that it is worth the time to walk to the garage to see what, first of all, to diagnose the problem, what really is the problem, walk to the garage, what tool do I really need to fix this, what's going to work the best, what's going to work so I don't have to worry about the butter knife 10 times in the future, Mm -hmm. come back and screw that in. And again, I probably, I hope I'm speaking for Peter as well as myself. If I would have had this tool 20 years ago, Mm. I'd be more awesome than I am right now. <laughs> and you are awesome. So that's And what I would say to the others that are on the webinar that are a few years younger than I am, wrap your arms around this tool because this is mm. going to give you the power to do so many wonderful things in your life, to, to move both professionally and personally in a really positive direction. Again, I, I'm probably... Hopefully I'm speaking for Peter as well, but I'm telling you, if I would have had this 20 years ago, I'd really be flipping awesome. (laughs) I feel like we just had like a revival, like hallelujah. (laughs) Right on and amen and hallelujah. This root problem solving is is how we're going to save not the world, the world will be fine, but the species. When enough people are like, are not okay with the butter knife hacks, the world will change. I'd like to respond just briefly to Luann. Please. Um, for me, the tools have been available to me for a long time. Joseph knows this. My thing, if, if I had actually taken hold of those tools that he gave me and used them longer ago, I'd be, I'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to I want to say yes. I want I always want everyone to push themselves as hard as they can and to use the tools that they have available to them as soon as is possible. And in the same way, I'm saying there's a surrender to going on the journey of solving the problem. It seems to be that there are ways in which you don't get to decide when the problem gets solved. Sometimes. It's been very humbling for me. I've been, there's been an issue I've been working on myself for literally 12 years, 13 years, something I've been working very hard at that I just got traction on in a really significant way in the last week. And it's been, I've just been reflecting on like, now on the other side of it, I feel so different on the inside where it's like, wow, where have I been for the last 12 years and the rest of my life? And there's something about the shift that certainly the effort that I put in every day, every week for 12 years to, to move this issue in me, certainly all that was necessary. But then when you look at like when the change actually happens, well, what caused that, right? 
there's something to it that's like a kind of grace where it's like, because we're not in total control of our lives, you know, it happens when it happens. And that doesn't let you off the hook for doing the work or trying, but it, it, sh- it can help you not shame yourself for, I've been working at this. I've had the tool. It's like, well, for whatever reason, you've had the tool in your hand for all these years and you haven't used it until now or whatever. There's, there's maybe some reason for that that you can't necessarily understand. And I, I wouldn't want anyone ever go into a shame bucket. I would want someone to look at, am I doing everything that I could? Do How badly do I want it? All of that. But I think there's also, there's a kind of divine timing to it. Of sometimes certain issues, they're going to change when it's ready for you to change, when you're ready for it to change. I don't know what. There's mystery, mystery to it. That's what I'm saying. Part of what you just said earlier too, of, uh, that's really helped me, is this is still persisting. So I must not have learned what I need to learn. Yeah. Going back and going, you know, you and I have been working on subtleties of my themes and going back and trying to like really being curious about where it's playing out and, you know, inviting trusted people in to help me find that has really helped kind of figure out those, you know, the subtleties and can, why is this persisting kind of thing. Mm. Really been helpful. Yeah. To say it another way, it's like looking at persistent problems as codes to decode from life itself. It's trying to tell you something. It's trying to take you on a journey. You know, like I always think of the, the, the dreams we have, I think of are like secret implants from life, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. That the, They're dreams that have been like sprinkled into our souls. Like, hey, don't you really want this? Like it happens at our birth or somewhere at conception. We get these kind of uh, uh, incepted ideas into us. And then we grow up and we pursue it. And the dreams look like carrots to me that we have to change to be able to get there. We think, well, I just want that. That's what's going to really fulfill me. But life's going, ha, ha, ha. Let's see if, if he or she figures out how they're going to have to change to get that. Because to get that thing, they're going to have to become all the way true to themselves. They're going to have to change. And our egos go, well, I want that dream without having to change. And here's my strategy for doing it. And life goes, "Uh uh-huh, good luck with that. Because I'm not giving it to you unless you become more whole, more realized, more however you want to talk about it, more mature, more authentic. And then the problems we have are sort of the inverse, right? Well, I want this problem to go away. And life says, "Uh uh-huh, that problem you can get to go away without changing. Okay, now I want this problem to go away. And life says, no, no, no. That one's a quid pro quo. You don't get to have that one go away until you learn X, Y, and Z. How else is it that life is going to wake up inside the form of human beings? You know, nothing is free. You can have whatever you want, but you're going to have to pay the price. So in one way, solving problems, another way of saying it is when you go to solve a problem, the surrender is the willingness to pay whatever price that has been. I've been trying to change one thing or another inside myself since I was 12 years old. And it has led me to so many different places, to people, to things. I've dedicated my life to the truth since I was a teenager. And I've made that more important than anything else. And at the ripe age of 43, I'm starting to add some other values into that. But 
to allow yourself to be taken on that journey and have whatever it is you're after solving a problem and how it relates to your core value to let that be more important than anything else to surrender to it, especially when it's uncomfortable. To me, that's living an examined life. That's living an engaged life. And if you want to be engaged in your work and you're not engaged in your life, well, you're in a kind of dissonance. So when it comes to work, if you're looking at a work problem in the same way, how is this work problem inviting me to change? That's an engaged relationship to work. But if you look at the problem in terms of how do I stay the same and make this problem go away, I would say that's not an engaged, not as an engaged relationship to work. As uh, the great Bob Dylan said, he who is not busy being born is busy dying. How is it that your environment is inviting you forward to change? And makes me think of the Meister Eckhart quote, uh, when you feel like demons are tearing you apart, it's maybe it's angels that are trying to free you. So when you feel like that problem is torturing you, what if actually it's trying to teach you something? And if you have that relationship to it, that's a kind of surrender. That's a spiritual orientation toward problem solving. And spiritual really only means it's beyond the five senses. There's something else going on. What if there's something else that this problem is trying to teach me besides that I keep dating the same person over and over again? What if it's inviting me to change? By the way, I may have solved the reason why I kept dating the same person over and over again. That's, I didn't get it until now, but this shifted me. Well, we'll see. Life in the end is always the, uh, the final answer, the final data. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.